Verses on a tombstone are but idly spent, for it is the living character that is the true monument. That was written on a tombstone that Ryan Holiday, a very uh, big influencer and popularizer of Stoicism, had uh, read out on one of his podcasts. Verses on a tombstone are but idly spent. It is the living character that is the true monument. So today, we're going to get into the topic that it's kind of an uncomfortable truth. It's points to the fact that we're all born with a terminal condition, that mortality has a 100% rate, and that no one gets out alive. We're going to talk about death. And this is an important topic for all of us, one that often we don't want to look at or talk about, but is really necessary for many reasons to live a fulfilling and independent life. Welcome to the dojo. So our most recent long-form interview was with Mark Bennett, and we got into the topic of death and how you know it impacts everyone, all of us. Like I was just mentioning, this is something that uh, we all will go through, and we have experiences in our lives where we lose people that we love. And I had him on to do the podcast uh, for many reasons, and some of them which we'll, we'll get into here today. So I just wanted to have a compendium for that episode because I do find it to be extremely meaningful and deep. I sincerely think, you know, you know really understanding death and, and preparing for death and going through that death is perhaps one of, if not the most important things that we'll ever do. So this episode is based on what is death, why is it important, some of the basics around it, how death can be a very important teacher for us, how to process death, and you know what death also looks like in other areas of our life. Some practices that can help us to lead a more fulfilling life while we are here regarding the topic of death. So why death? Well, it's kind of synonymous in, in many ways with disability. It's part of the human condition. It's something that we're all going to go through. You know, as you've heard me say on many of these episodes pertaining to disability, when we talk about inequalities, people with disabilities live shorter lives. The mortality rate, you know, with the people with disabilities versus that uh, without disabilities in terms of longevity, um, it's a huge disparity. The amount of years of life lost that should not have been lost, that could have been lives that were, were lived if there were some things in place. Uh, is quite significant. You know, depending on sometimes the disability, the difference in lifespan could be decades. Uh, and this is from often the top causes of death, heart disease, cancer, diabetes, stroke, respiratory disease. You know, not the disability itself, not the cerebral palsy, not being deaf, not being blind, not having an intellectual disability is causing those chronic diseases. But they happen to ha- manifest in populations with disabilities at two, three, sometimes seven times more likely from preventable reasons often. And so it's important to talk about death because it does impact the community that we serve more profoundly. It just is um, you know, something that, uh, again, like disability, is part of the human condition. 
something that we're all going to go through. And, and when I go out and give presentations about disability to people who aren't in the space of serving people with disability or live with a disability on day to day, it's very hard, I can tell sometimes, for people to get into that conversation because they don't want to think about disability. They don't have one. Um, they're not really probably um, interacting with people on a regular basis that have one. And it's just something that will happen in the future or if not at all. And it's easy to put out of their head like death. And, and I'm not sure that that's always the best way to address it. From my interpretation, living in you know, the culture that I live in and, and in these modern times, death has been very compartmentalized. It's something that happens somewhere else. It's not seen on a daily basis uh, for most of us. We don't like to think about it. And so this is why I'm, one of the reasons of having this episode is that, you know, it's something that is suppressed and, and not seen it becomes probably more important that we do talk about it since we don't spend a whole lot of time reflecting on it or talking about it. it I think the impetus becomes more important. And certainly in, from what I've read in, in more ancient times, it was talked about way more and it was more seen in society as well, not hidden or, or put away that uh, something that happens just somewhere else. And and so I think, you know, one of the things with this pandemic has done is brought the death you know, more uh, upfront in, ter- in terms of our, our consciousness and social communication. I think collectively, at least for our modern times, we're thinking about this more often. We're talking about it more often. And, and I hope it's not just in the context of preventing it and isn't it so terrible that it's happened. Of course, that's going to happen there. But what I'd like this episode to be about and perhaps even more discourse about is life is short, fragile. You never know when you can go. So how do we spend the time that we do have in a way that's most meaningful and fulfilling and not waste any of it? I think that to me, I hope, is one of the lessons that you know we can really take away as a collective going through this shared experience of really looking our own mortality in the face that we're going through globally together you know, at one time. You know, some of the things that I think death can teach us is that equality. You know, we talk a lot about equality on this episode, you know, and that all people should be treated equally and fair, no matter what their age or race or, you know, disability status or social economic status or where people live and and all these other kind of things. Like, we should be equal. Well, death definitely shows us that we are all equal. Like I said, we're all going to experience death. No one gets out alive. So no matter how different we may see ourselves than the other, think immediately right away, that person's going to die and I'm going to die. Fundamentally, that is a truth. And in a time I'm looking for truth, you know, that is a truth. And so when we want to see ourselves as different than other people, we all have more in common than we do different. And this is a big one. Death is definitely a big one in which we all have something in common and super profound. So hopefully that can be at least some kind of a space where we're looking to relate with other people and build more empathy. I think that one could be one. There's a a Stoic saying that says, you know, Alexander the Great in his time, and there's still cities named after him, um, was like the most popular, powerful, wealthy, et cetera, person, ended up in the same place as his mule driver in the ground. You know, we, we end up in the same destinations and we don't bring our stuff with us. In that sense, this hugely wildly powerful, popular leader and perhaps occupationally one of the, the, the lowest ranking, a mule driver perhaps, end up in the same place. They're equal in, in terms of where we're, where we're all headed here. A second thing that I think death teaches us is the fragility of life. 
Uh, it can happen anytime to anyone doing just about anything. Uh, again, going back to the Stoics, we could leave life right now. Let that reality determine what you think, what you say, and what you do. Literally, whatever anyone is doing right now as you're listening to this, someone has died doing that. Talking into a microphone as I'm doing right now. Someone has died doing this. Someone has died in their sleep. Someone has died in the car. Someone has died walking. Someone has died exercising. Someone has died while eating. Just everything. So it's fragile. It can happen anytime. And I'm reminded of this. You know, I can't drive, but there's no loss preventing me from biking, good or bad. That's another episode. My route to work takes me inevitably always by. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen on the sides of the roads, there often will be a cross or a little bit of a, a sign that says drive safely with some flowers, which is a monument to and you know some people that uh, died in an accident um, at that location. I pass one every day. And more often than not, I, I try to see that, remember that you know, as I'm traveling and just think, yep, someone on this, this ground did pass away from an accident. And, and to snap me out of any kind of thinking outside of the fact that, you know, life is short. It reminds me, life is short. But I'm also always struck by how, you know, shortly after I pass this monument, I'm on to the next thing, thinking about this, that, and the other. It can sometimes slip slowly back into the recess of my consciousness. And, and so keeping in mind that life is fragile and be here now, I think is a very important part of uh, the lessons that death can teach us. Another, another thing that I'm finding that, you know, death can definitely shows me is that, you know, what really matters uh, in this life. The times that I've gotten the news of uh, a passing of someone I, that I've known, or especially those that I know and love, it's just an instant moment of clarity uh, between those things that are really meaningful in my life, family, friends, being present with them, and what is petty, what often, you know, is being talked about, uh, you know, in the news, what, you know, happened on a, on a television show, can you believe so-and-so went on a tweet storm about this, that, and the other, those things that often offend us or, or find it, getting arguments over, you know, worrying about what the yard looks like or keeping up with the house or, or, or these other things uh, just seems so petty. And what really matters seems to be very clear. And I, and I find that, you know, when newly processing information about someone that I've known that has passed away is certainly something that, of a clarity that death teaches me about what, what, what's really important. And another thing is, is obviously, is that life is precious. Um, life is very sacred. It's a gift. It's a miracle that we're here. To have air going through my lungs and to have thoughts and to have uh, just this ability to be alive, it's a very precious thing. And, and would it be so precious um, if death wasn't a reality? You know, if we were immortal, you know, I think about the times that I've you know, not spent very well or have wasted Knowing that life is finite, knowing that death is looming, you know, what if we were, we'd lived it forever? You know, how much time would we waste? What, what impetus would we have to, to live productive lives, so to speak? So death really helps to, to bring that fulfillment, the miraculousness of it near and dear and close to my heart, at least. And it wakes me up to say, hey, you know, how do I want to spend this limited amount of time? I am not immortal. I will not live forever. So uh, this is very valuable in sacred moments. So don't waste any of it. Make the right decisions. And, and then I ask, you know, myself too, is like everybody, there's a certain level of fear of, of dying, sure. And 
do I fear death because I will not be able to do this anymore? Fill in the blank. So it allows me to think about my life and to think about what am I doing? And this kind of goes back again to the wasting time thing. Do I fear death because I won't be able to incessantly scroll through news feeds or social media or play video games or have arguments or be complaining and blaming and gossiping? Do I fear death because I won't be able to do that anymore? Um, you no, know, yeah, I, that, that's ridiculous. That is t- time not well spent. And so I would rather fear death because like, I won't be able to be present with my family and friends anymore. Um, because I won't have the opportunity to, to serve others to the best of my ability. Because I won't be able to travel and see those beautiful things in the world that I would love to see. That would be a reason to fear death, I would say, is because I won't be able to do those things anymore. How many things are we doing right now that we necessarily, uh, we cause us to fear death over because we won't be able to do that anymore? So uh, again, it illuminates for me at least the preciousness of life and those things that really matter in it. And when I look at death in terms of, you know, other people that have gone through it and have come back, so I'm talking about near-death experiences, one thing that it, it seems to be illuminated to them in terms of what's meaningful and fulfilling is how their lives have changed. And so I have known somebody who had a near-death experience. Um, I've read about people and her testimony is a very common theme um, that happens is that they live a more present life you know, quitting a job or relocating and moving or uh, spending more time with family and friends and, and doing those kind of things seems to be something that's very, very much a, a common theme. And so it illuminates what's really important for a lot of people, and especially those that have you know, come very close to death. And so we can see from not just a conceptual understanding of death, but from people that have actually almost had their life leave them or left it and they came back, they come back transformed. And that's because they've went through a very close experience with it. And so I think that's would be good for us to learn from them and not necessarily have to go through a near-death experience for us to have transformed lives. That's wisdom, learning from other people instead of have, having to do it ourselves. You know, another thing that, you know, as far as the death is a teacher uh, for me is in this concept that death is happening right now. Um, it's not something that is in the far-off distance. Even if it, for thought experiment's sake, Let's just say I, I live another 10, 20, 30 years. You know, death doesn't happen at that point in time when it comes. Death is happening right now. Death happened uh, this morning. Death happened at the beginning of this interview as I did the introduction in the quote. Like that time's gone. Uh, it's in the past. Death owns that now. It's a mistake to think that death is in the future and it's some far off event. The time that we spend and that it, it goes by immediately as it goes by, you know, it's in the past and death owns the past. You know, death is happening uh, right now. So is life. Within that, the eternal now, we live and that now goes by really quickly and death owns that time. You know, here I am, I can say I'm 52 years old and I can say that I've died 52 years of my life away. You know, I might have lived it, but that was in the now. Those 52 years are in the past. And, and death owns that time right now. So for me, it brings a more of an orientation to the importance of the present moment, the now. So processing death. So those are some of the things that, that it teaches me. It helps to teach me equality. It helps to teach me the fragility of it. It helps to, to teach me uh, what really matters in life and, and really how to conceptualize that and to see death in terms of the context of time. 
The next part of this conversation or one-way conversation is how to process stuff. You know, I find that it seems to me that we do it in, in different ways. And I'm not sure there's a right way or a wrong way to, to go about it. And I'm talking about processing the death of others. It's one thing to contemplate our own mortality and to see what it you know has to teach us and how to live more fulfilling lives. But and, and we all have had people that we love in our life pass. And, and so processing that, is, I find to be perhaps the most difficult thing in, in my life that I've gone through. And um, I do it in a certain way, and I've seen other people do it in a certain way. Um, and if you're you know, experiencing this, and, and Mark Bennett in that interview that he did recently, sharing how he's processing that, it's a, that's a very important thing in our lives and, and to live independently, to learn how to do. You know, I, I, I can't say there's a right or a wrong way at all on this, how you choose to navigate that and process it. I hope it's in a way that can bring you peace and healing and, and make your life better in, in many ways. I know that there is some research behind the certain phases that people go through in processing death. And many of you might be aware of the Kubler-Ross stages of grief, where they talk about, you know, denial being part of this, anger, bargaining, grief, and acceptance. So certainly I can say that I've, I've checked all of those phases when, when processing death. I know when I first hear about it, it, it certainly seems to be something that uh, is very hard to believe and, and hard to accept, and it's very difficult to process, and it doesn't seem real, and I think that's the denial part, and I think there's a, um, a defense mechanism in there that is because it's hard to take in all at once, and uh, we might break. And I think denial is one of those things. I've certainly been angry. You know, why would you do this, God? It's not fair. Bargaining, especially when it's like, you know, if, if that person can just be brought back, I, I, I would want to, you know, have the conversation that I've always wanted to with them or forgive them or ask for forgiveness from them. You know, please just one more day, one more moment. Grief and sadness is certainly a part of it, big one. And acceptance, you know, over time, you know, get into a place where it's just the reality of the situation. This person that we've known and loved in our life, accepting the, you know, what is, uh, is, is a piece of this. One thing that I found with the denial, the anger, the bargaining, the grief, and the anger is uh, acceptance is that it's cyclical. It's not like going through, you know, step one, denial, step two, anger, step three. Bar For me, I've been all over the place and not necessarily in the order that I've talked about. It, it can almost feel like a washing machine, let alone a, a, a cyclical cycle. But I, I think it's a mistake to think of the, this process as a step one, step two. And when I get to step three, I'll go move on to step four and won't go backwards to steps one through three. At least with my experience and, and having conversations with other people, it's not theirs either. You can, you can be all over the map in this process as well. Uh, that can be applied for people we love, but also ourselves and, and being able to process our own mortality. For me, um, you know, personally, you know, I can think about a lot of a good handful of people that I've known, loved grandparents, um, aunts, best friends who I've known that have uh, passed and uh, yeah, for me, what has been helpful for me is I, I, I reflect deeply on the values and, and characteristics of the person that I love very much and isn't here anymore. For example, uh, you know, I had one friend who was just super authentic. He was very much a dreamer, an idea person, and he loved to be social. You know, I had a, a grandfather who was a very hard worker, high, high uh, work ethic, very dedicated to what he did, very committed. Um, there was a, 
another friend of, of mine who, who passed away and had a lot of empathy. And so I take those values that I've seen in those, those people and I think about how I can really integrate those values into my own life, into my thoughts, into to my words, into my actions, and really take those values that that person had shown to me and when I can live those values, when I can really hold them close to me and, and actually live those values, then I, then I get a sense that that person is living through me. Those days at work that you know, I feel like I've already put in a full day and beyond, I'm ready to, to go home, or you know, I think about my grandfather and his work ethic and what he had to do you know, over 12 years, not missing a day, you know, working night shifts and, and doing all these other kind of things. That helps me to, to get the work done uh, when I feel like quitting, the work ethic that he showed me. You know, my friend who was just this idea machine uh, and had great creative ideas, when I, when I come across a, a situation, say, at work that needs an innovative solution or I'm trying to get through to my kids and I, I come up with all the ideas to, to get them to do something and can't, you know, I think about him, you know, my, my friend that showed me empathy. You know, when I'm having difficulties relating with somebody, who might be doing things that don't seem really great, like they're, they're doing things that are, are complaining, blaming, gossiping, you know, offending. Uh, I, I look for empathy. And when I can do those things, those people that I got to have the honor of knowing in my life, um, I can let those values be present with me, and then I can hold that space in, in my heart and in my head and then go do something and put those values into action. I really feel like they're living through me. Because I don't feel like I'd be able to do it if I hadn't connected with them in my life and getting to know them and, and who they are and their values and still having those values that they showed me live on through me. It's like them living through me. So that, that's helpful for me. That's how I help to process death is to really reflect on what the person has shown me, taught me, um, the virtues that they embodied, and then you know how I can go uh, do it myself. So that's helped me. One, one thing... And processing death that I also, you know, learned from was uh, recently my father-in-law uh, passed away. It was like a year and a half ago. Um, and, and, of course, he's uh, the grandfather to my sons. And um, it was about, it was the year anniversary of his passing that I was coming home super late. The whole family's, uh, you know, in bed. I hear my oldest son uh, crying in his room. And I go in there, and, you know, it's like, what's going on? He says he's crying because he... Uh, really miss his grandpa and um, you know so immediately I want to save him you know from his feelings and whatnot and instead I just hold him for about 10 minutes and after 10 minutes then ask him you know what is it that you miss about grandpa and and he comes to tell me you know he he misses the opportunities that he had with him because he he didn't feel like he made the most of the times that he had with him um, and, and then again, and wanting to save him from, from his feelings, wanting to say, no, you made the most of the time. Don't you remember going to the zoo? Don't you remember spending time reading books with him, throwing the ball? Uh, which he did, you know, and I could have easily said that, but uh, I didn't. I just let him have that space of feeling that he was missing him and feeling that he could have made more of the times that he had with him. And then after another five or ten minutes of him crying and, and me sitting there, I asked him, you know, well, what, what, what can you learn from this, of, of missing him and, and feeling as though you could have uh, spent more time with him? He said, to make sure that I spend the time that I do have with people that I know and love better. 
and wow, you know, that was super profound. You know, he's having these realizations as an eight-year-old that, um, you know, he, he wishes he would have spent more time or had more quality time with uh, his grandfather. And at the same time, he's seeing that, uh, well, he can, he can take what he's learning and put it into practice by spending time with people he does love and more quality time with the people that he does love that is still here. And so, again, we can learn so much from death and how we process death and how important it is that, to take that onward into our lives. And so I really hope that me just having this conversation about death and, and how it can be a really important teacher for us and some of the ways that we process death can be something that uh, I hope that you all listening to this can take and perhaps you know, start thinking about, if you're not already, more of, and do it in a way that helps to serve you. Because we do only have a limited amount of time to be alive. It's a miracle to be alive. It's a, it's a joy to be alive. And how it can hopefully make us live a more fulfilling life. And because, you know, it is precious. And, you know, we can choose to spend it as a lifetime or dead time. You know, are we going to spend our time that we can't get back again in a way that makes us better, allows us to be in positions to help others to be better, or are we going to spend it doing things that aren't good for us and, and really don't help other people? Because fundamentally, I think, for me, that's the choice that we have in the limited amount of time that we have. I hope this episode was something that is, you know, it's not easy to talk about, right? You know, as I open with, this is something that we try to avoid at all costs. But I really, truly believe that if we are able to uh, reflect on it, it can take us to a place that uh, will allow us to be the better versions of ourselves while we're still here. That, to me, is what it, my hope is in sharing what uh, I have to share that's on my head and that's in my heart. I encourage you to listen to the episode with Mark Bennett. He's certainly a much wiser man than I am on this topic, and he really has some important things that I'm still trying to uh, really better understand that he shared with us and to chew on. So until the next time, onward and upward. Thanks for listening to the Independent Life Podcast brought to you by the Center for Independent Living of North Central Florida. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe. And if you know anyone who might benefit from listening, share this podcast and invite them to subscribe too. For questions, suggestions, or if you have a story you'd like to share, please email us at cilncf.org at gmail.com or call us at 352-378-7474. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, support, advocate, and empower each other to live the independent life.